0: Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you. Okay, all right, back to the sermon now. All right, so there are these uh, there are these situations where we become overly inundated with information, and we we get our cup full. And we start reacting, and we, start, we stop responding because we have not taken the time to process all the information that we need to process, right? How many of you guys have figured this out this week, that uh, it can be like 3.30, and you're still stewing on something that happened at 6.30 in the morning, and you've lost your whole day, and everything else is just piled on it, Right? So now, you not only you have to go back, you've got to try to process and get this other thing removed so you can start to see clearly, but also on top of that, you have all these additional things that you haven't even processed yet that are going to build up for later. And we know what 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says. There's a little G God of this world, and he wants to blind everybody. He wants to blind the image of Christ so that we can't see him. Right. Our, our fight is never against flesh and blood. It's all always against the evil that is unseen in the heavenly realms, like Ephesians 6, 12 says. So as we come into our time together today, as we look at what Jesus says here um, and, and, and it's coming to fruition now through the disciples lives, through their ministry. Here's what I want to say. There's not a thing in the world that God has not prepared us for. But there are a lot of things that we haven't taken time to take in how he's prepared for it to go down. And if you ever find yourself in a situation and you can't recall by verse, by chapter, by it's in the Bible somewhere, you need to make yourself a list. Some of these Bibles have them. When I get worried, where do I go, right? When I feel like people are being jerks, where do I go? When I feel this way, where do I go? Where do I turn, right? And here, today, we see Jesus' words coming to fruition. How many people know when you look for them, Jesus' words always come to fruition? In our day-to-day life, Jesus told us the things that are happening in this world would happen in this world. Jesus told us we would have problems. And Jesus also told us where we could go when we're tired of allowing problems to determine what's happening within us and find peace. So here today, Acts 4-8, will be in this thought pattern of a powerful address. Last week we started this series, and we were in Acts 4-5-7, and we talked about that preliminary hearing process. And we talked about that idea of mercy, when a person's in authority and they can punish, but they choose to pardon instead, right? And we thought about what that looked like with Jesus, and we remembered kind of what God did for us. And somehow along the way, if we're not careful and we live by the world system, by what society says, we can lose the mercy thing, right? I hear people say all the time, grace, and they get grace and mercy Confused, okay? Grace is God's strength, charis. His unmerited favor towards us that turns us to him in that moment that we come to the faith and we come to the belief. It's also that which strengthens the believer after in a true Christian virtue so we can continue on in the course which God calls us to. Mercy is an idea of God should have punished us but he pardoned us instead. We have no fear of a messianic judgment if we have truly trusted in Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our lives. So now, as we pick this up today, a powerful address, I want us to take away a thought today. Being filled with the Holy Spirit gives us the boldness to speak up and the strength to stand firm. Being filled with the Holy Spirit gives us the boldness... To speak up and the strength to stand firm. I want to read Acts chapter 4, verse 8, but after, not going to be on the screen, I read Jesus' words to his disciples in, in Luke ver, uh, chapter 12, verses 8 through 12. And I say to you, anyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But whoever denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. Did Jesus prepare these guys for this very moment here they are the rulers the authorities the temple police the commander all the important people have called them out to the front imagine if they weren't prepared Imagine if they would have never listened to and taken heed to the Lord's words when he spoke those words. Imagine what it would have been like, how many temptations there could be. Now, I want to go across the room really quick, because I believe there's a discussion point in this. How many of you guys like to be prepared? Raise your hand if you actually like to be prepared. Keep your hands raised. Just the people that like to be prepared. you like, Keep them high. I need to see because in a second I think this is going to change. How many of you guys have in the past or at some point been guilty when somebody is trying to prepare you, you don't listen and pay the price? Do we do that? Is that a real human thing? Now, of you guys that like to be prepared, how many of you guys are doing the things it takes to be prepared? It's one thing to know, it's another to apply. Knowledge is just knowing, wisdom is the application piece, right? It's one thing to sit here and say, I believe that Jesus is going to come back and I can sit on my farm-tanned left and right rear cheeks and I'm good to go. Having never professed him before men, having never done what he asked me to do in the Great Commission, having never done any of those things, living a whole life devoted to what I wanted and not his will or plan for my life and then I think oh, I'm good when he comes you know Jesus also teaches in the book of Luke and it's one of my favorite teachings because it's just like Jean-Claude Van Damme on steroids dude and he's like you better be prepared when the son of man comes and he's coming like a thief in the night so if you're trying to prepare when you when the thief sees you you're too late You are way too late. Keep your candle burning. Keep your lamp lit. Be out working. Be out serving. Be out doing the things that you know to be doing. Now, here's the deal. I don't know, and nobody knows when Jesus is coming back, but you know what? I know he is. And when he comes back, I'd rather have him hear me proclaiming his name than talking about some petty nonsense. Which is why my life is 95% petty nonsense, 5% Jesus. In communication, I mean. So now we we think about uh, three things today with all this stuff in mind. I want to read Acts chapter 4, verse 8, and then we'll dive into this. And we'll be, I think, super quick, actually. Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders. Okay, so... Rulers of the people and the elders. A powerful address, right? So now, here's what we're going to see is going to happen in this particular verse in God's Word. Three things are all going to rhyme. We're going to see more, we're going to see store, and we're going to see floor. Okay? Let's start with number one, more. Peter, having already been filled with the Holy Spirit, shows us God's goal to continuously fill us with more of him, right? God wants to fill us more, right? We, we have not arrived. We don't have all of the Holy Spirit. We are not all Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, we are spirit and we are flesh, and we are continuously in a war against both these things, right? In Ephesians 5, 18, Paul actually says, hey, don't be getting drunk on wine. Instead, be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word there filled, pimplami, which means filled, and and it's a complete filling. It's a complete filling. So here's how this looks. Up until this point, the Holy Spirit, right? He came and he went. We read in the Old Testament where he comes upon men, he moves men, and then men sin and he's out, right? David, we see him praying in Psalm 51 in the act of repentance, and he says, please do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit away from me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a holy spirit. Makes sense. But when Christ died... When Christ was buried and resurrected on the third day, he appeared to these guys for 40 days, and he said something at the beginning of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, You have to wait here and be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Not something that can be taken away from you anymore. The one who lives inside of you forever. The seal, as Paul calls it, the down payment of eternal life. Jesus himself in John 16 says he's our comforter, he's our advocate. He teaches us, he instructs us, he guides us, he shows us things. Then in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we see another filling of the Holy Spirit planned out. And then in Acts 2 38, Peter actually says, Repent, be baptized, and then receive the Holy Spirit. So a lot of Holy Spirit going on here, fair enough? Here we see the same people getting filled again and filled again and filled again. And you might say to me, you might say, well, pastor, if this word "pimp lamey, means to fill completely, why would they need to be filled again? Well, number two is store. Store. Peter models to us that we are storage sheds who have the ability to house and store what we choose. We have the ability to house and store what we choose. Okay, think about this. You got a full glass. Of water. Right? And some of you guys, you you do it the right way. Now let me let me explain the right way. The, the right way is ice at the end and not the beginning. Okay? If you're gonna have ice, water, and you put the ice in first, that's a sign of a serial killer, man. What happens If you fill that too high, and then you throw that ice cube in there. Right? And the same is true, and we can play any setting out, anything that we can think of, right? You think about having your cereal. And if you're saved, it's bite-sized, frosted, mini-wheats. Okay? Evidence of salvation. Not full-size, Bowl size equals full of sin. Bite size equals I took a bite out of the enemy. He tried sizing me up, but he saw Christ in me. I'm saved. So you got your bowl, right? And then it's time for milk. Same concept, right? Now, depending on how high I fill my bowl determines how much space... I have for milk One is going to give to the other Right Now the good thing about God's cereal Frosted shredded many wheats, Is they soak it up Another sign of God So here we are We get filled with the Holy Spirit Right Our cup's full man the second we say yes to Jesus Christ, man, I bend my knee, right? I know one day every knee will bow, every tongue's gonna confess Jesus Christ is Lord. So I hit that aha moment of like the the Romans 323, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I get that. I messed up. Easy, easy for me to see. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9, and 10, right? I, I declare with my mouth now, Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart. God raised him from the grave. So now I have the Holy Spirit in me. Think about this. Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, not the unsaved of Ephesus. Not people who did not come to faith in Christ in Ephesus. But the church of Ephesus. Don't get drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Why? Why would Paul say that? Is he saying it because he was a party pooper? Is he saying it because he just happened to be really bad at beer pong and lost every time? Or, or, could 1 Peter 5, 8 be true? Be vigilant, be sober-minded. Your enemy, the adversary, roars around like a lion, seeking to devour whomever he may. Well, how do we get tipsy? Tipsier than alcohol and tipsier than any drug. There is no greater way to get tipsy than intoxicated on your emotions. We make some dumb decisions when we are led with our emotions, do we not? And so now, as these guys have stored more of Jesus because they have began to do what Jesus asked them to do, what he had prepared. Don't deny me before people, right? You're going to get brought before the rulers. You'll get brought in, right? And don't worry because the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. You ain't got to worry about it because if you do, what's going to happen? You're going to take it personal. How many people know that hateful people will be hateful people after they leave your life? Do you know that? Do you really honestly know that? People that have a problem will still have a problem after they've had their problem with you because indefinitely they'll have a problem with you at some point. It's part of their cycle. Here, Peter and John are, and they're in the moment Jesus told them would come. And the temptation had to have been there. Let's be honest. We're brought before all these people. We're seized in the middle of talking. This lame man's just been healed. All this stuff. That's a lot going on. And think about this. They did not have Xanax or weighted blankets yet. No padded rooms. No stress cards. No fidget spinner. Just facing the cold, hard facts. Raise your hand if you've ever struggled with an addiction of any sort. One of the things about addiction, and I say this, I came from a home where it was not prevalent, it was everything. One of the things about addiction is addiction continues because now dealing with what happened when you were high or when you were drunk, what you did, how you acted, the guilt of facing the facts, right, and the fear of facing The facts, right? I think about Goliath and David as just a little illustration, right? There's this giant Philistine, and he's taunting you every day. Here's what I will tell you. The Philistine is now the enemy, and the devil wants to taunt you. He can't taunt you if you don't participate. He can't come in if you don't invite him in. because my my doorpost has already been covered in blood. So, destroyer, you go down the road. It's not here. It's not with me. Here, Peter and John are, and they could have been a lot of different things. Agreed? But instead, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said to them, now, you got to think, in a moment, this isn't like, oh, let me think about this. here, my favorite Christian cop-out, right? I'm going to pray about that, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Just say, no, knucklehead, I'm fine. God's fine. Everybody's fine, right? If you have to pray about the Holy Spirit leading you in a direction, is he there? I never saw Jesus take a pause. Let me make sure. As a matter of fact, some of you guys actually are genuine and you actually do have to take time to think, and that's your problem. You overthink. And that analysis creates a paralysis and you don't go forward with what God's spoken. God didn't say, hey, guys, I'm here, I'm back from the dead, Jesus is there with the guys. He didn't say, now stop and think about it. He said, go and do, go and do, go and do. Why? Why didn't he say, hey, just just check this out, what I'm saying, guys. It's good stuff. Here's why. The Holy Spirit can't empower you or embolden you to do a work that's not for Him. The emboldening and the empowering and the strengthening happens when we proclaim Christ. As we stand firm in our faith in the face of whatever and whoever, and we say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and I believe He is the only way to the Father. He is the name above all names. He is the Lord of Lord. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I don't hold my sins over my head anymore. Why? Because my Savior released that. We have to get better at making Jesus a big deal. And as we glorify him and edify him, we will magnify the Spirit's power in our life. And when we do that, you know we get? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness, self-control. But I can't have that if I am proclaiming. So Peter models to us that we are storage beds who have the ability to house and store what we choose. He could have said anything. He could have done anything. This is a flash moment, right? Put you on the spot. What power did this happen in? There's a dude that was lame. Now he's healed. What happened? How did it happen? Who made it happen? Where did the power come from? Peter doesn't have forever to think. He doesn't get to phone a friend, and he certainly isn't going to play deal or no deal. And that's why Jesus said this. He said, you better be ready because the time's coming when you will be drugged before people, and your proclamation better be Christ." And your answer better be given in boldness and sincerity. And there will be a time. How many of you guys have found this out? And sometimes maybe you weren't even prepared for it because you never had anybody prepared for it. All of a sudden, somebody finds out you went to church or they find out you might have the faith or believe or whatever. And all of a sudden they say, tell me more about that. You don't have the answer. Peter said you, you always have to be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. So now last, floor. We go from more store to floor. Peter went from standing before to having the floor. They brought him out, right? These guys bring Peter out, right? The, 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 the few verses that we had just got done saying, right? The people, they all come before him, and they, they asked them. They had them. Peter and John stand before them. And we remember we talked about that idea of authority. We stand before the judge. We stand before the, they're in more authority than us. So now, all of a sudden, they're having them stand before them. Now, you tell me this: How many times do you think you're going to actually persuade a judge to believe your sad story? Some of you guys are like, oh, "I've done it." It can happen. But as a baseline, what I think to be true, it's not going to happen. The judge already has his mind made up. They already are going their direction with it. Now, and, And that's by design, so it's not biased, and it's not prejudice, and it's nothing else. Hey, these elements fit, this is what's going on, bam to bam to bam, right? So here they are, and they're before these people, knowing full and well what could happen. And I love Peter. I love me some Peter, man. Biggest, loudest, mouth talk trash to anybody. Never backing down, never backing up. Ain't afraid to slice a dude's ear off. You know, hey, Jesus, take care of that if it's meant to be. I have the Peter gene in me. Like, it's somewhere in there. I know it is. Peter being Peter, but better yet, Peter, as God's word says, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit he got filled more and in that moment you know what happened I have to believe that the word of God came alive within Peter he went back to that verse he said don't worry when you're done no fear all you gotta do is proclaim me you profess me you talk about me you tell people about me and here's why I'm saying this I have found it, Pastor Steve, me, I have found it personally to be true, not just me, but with every other person that I know. Here's the reality. How many people are aware of this? Maybe you're not. It's theological truth. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the greatest authority on the face of this earth. What can stand against the name of Jesus, man? Can can the devil defeat Jesus? Jesus? Can these leaders in the synagogue defeat Jesus? Can a doctor, what they have to say, defeat Jesus? Can a person at your work defeat Jesus? Here's what I'm telling you, and here's what I came to encourage you with today. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to be worried about. You have nothing to be worked up or worn out about. He says, come to me when you're weary, heavy laden, and burdened. Jesus does. I'll give you rest. There is rest in the spirit, man. And you know what's amazing? I can be going on sometimes a 10-day stretch of 14, 15, 16, 17-hour days and still be so full of life. Why? Because it's from the spirit. A lot of people think that, hell, let's go rest, and that means, like, let's be lazy Christians. Dude, the greatest rest that we have is just the presence of Jesus in our life, Because nothing's as heavy as it was anymore. It's all in a proper perspective. So here, Peter and John are they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're, they're about to get filled up more. They, they, they have become houses and stores of what they've cho- chosen to fill themselves with. They are a storage shed for Jesus, man. You bump these guys, what do you think? You're getting the gospel. You're getting the gospel. You're getting Christ crucified on a cross for your sins. but the, the best part is, is, is they change roles they change roles man there is nothing more beautiful And tell me if you've ever bore witness to this than when of no doing of mankind or no scheme of man that can be planned God does this thing where he flips the script does that make sense what I'm saying Like, I was here, and it wouldn't make sense that I was over here, but God in Christ, I was really there. Nobody might ever, they may never believe this story. I was there, and now I'm here. I know what he did. But I also remember being a young punk. I remember when I was like 18, 19, 20, 21 was kind of a blur, that was a bad year Bounced back in the spirit, 22 came back strong But I remember being a young punk, man So much pride So much, I can do that And I can do that better than them Always having that little song Anything you can do, I can do better, right? And I always wondered, what happened to God? What what happened to us? Like, I got saved, dude, and I'm telling you, it was a radical shift. It wasn't me. I know who I am, and I know who I became, and that guy was not me when I got. I know Christ changed me. But all of a sudden, the Christ that changed me faded in a distance somehow. And it took me a while to learn what God's word means when he says he humbles the exalted and he exalts the humble. It took me a while to figure it out when he says he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It took me a while to read those words that David proclaimed in the book of Psalms, where he said, There's one thing God will never reject it's a broken and contrite spirit, it's that heart that never stops needing him. I need you today. I need you this minute, this hour. I need you next year. I need you next month. I need you tomorrow. I wish I would have had more of you yesterday, but yesterday's gone and today is here, and I'm going to get all of you I can get while today is here. And I know what kept me now at this point in life with the worship team coming up. I'd bought into bad theology, man. The theology that exists somewhere in some places. Now, if some of you guys are gonna have a problem with me. Here's the cool thing about church, right? We said it this morning in our leadership team meeting, right, Clayton, Dan. You go home and you check it out for yourself. You see what it is. Don't take my word. Don't take Dan's word. Don't take it. what is God saying to you. And so sometimes it's not that we disagree, it's just that there's another way to say certain things. As I was listening to Dan do communion, which I am so blessed, and I hope you guys are too, by the leadership that we have in this church. I hope you guys really see their hearts for Jesus, the the genuineness of their love and their faith. As I was listening, and and he said, he said, you know, what, what breaks that, Relationship And what causes that, that distance And the answer was Sin I don't think that sin Messes my relationship up with God And some of you guys that are religious Are going to have a really hard time With what I have to say And I ask you guys to take this pill to God and see if he'll help you swallow it with water. Dude, I've done everything by the book at points in my life. I can OCD and discipline myself into an oblivion. You want to play a game? Let's play all the way. You want to not cuss? You want to not do this, not do that? I, I could do all that. That's great. And in those times and in those moments, I've never felt more disconnected from God. Because here was the trap. I was doing it. I stopped drinking. I stopped cussing. I stopped sexual immorality. I stopped and I stopped and I stopped, and you know the problem with that was I never let Jesus teach me where He met me. And then I've been in those moments where I'm an absolute train wreck. I'm talking about those moments where I got the kid at the the kids at the table, and I've got the whiteboard out that my wife hates because she knows it could be a five hour lesson if I really get into it because everybody needs to get the point now and I've been in these moments and I've been in these places and I've been in these spaces where I have felt so close to Jesus when I am broken when I am in sin actually And I will tell you why I believe this is important to know because I think that the devil can get glory if we're not careful and we start thinking that when we're bad or when we're wrong or when we're this or when we're that, guess what? I didn't save me, Jesus did. I cannot give myself grace, only Jesus can. And I firmly believe that the words of Romans 8 are true. Neither height nor depth, angels nor demons, things to come, things that have been, whatever it should be, nothing will stop God's unfailing love for me. So why would I let the devil get me hung up in all the dumb things I've done? Why do I need the devil to remind me of everything that I should regret? Why? Why? Because the whole time, didn't Jesus make us a promise? Didn't God make us a promise, never will I leave or forsake you? You see, some of you right now, the devil's got you right where he wants you because you've stopped praising because your praise is contingent upon your performance. Remember what I told you, how God exalts the proud or exalts the humble, but the, 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 the other, you know, the, the proud, they get humbled. How about that? and I don't know about you man I've been spanked by a lot of people God hits real hard and I will tell you this the higher that you sit on that chariot the harder your sweet tush is going to burn when it hits the road and gets rashed because it will happen I'm so grateful for Jesus Christ and the work that he's done in me. But I'll tell you what I'm more grateful of than anything else is the story of grace in the story of mercy in the story of redemption and the fact that for years and years and years from Genesis all the way into Matthew, there was a chasm between man and God that man created, right? God's like, here you are, here I am. They're like, sin, oh, it didn't work. And then the same God that creates me now saves me. He sends his son into the story. Why am I living an Old Testament life in a New Testament church? Because that crap ain't here, man. That ain't in my head, that ain't in my heart Yes, I have the law, I can. we can go there We can talk about that And I can tell you the main thing that's important About that whole book of the Old Covenant And my buddy said it best When I got him to finally read the Bible And he turned his life to Jesus You know the moment that he turned his life to Jesus He was so caught up in the book of Numbers And he called me and he's like Dude, this is dark, when does Jesus show up? ever forget saying to him I said hey Darren I think he just did man and he said what do you mean I said you see it now you see the darkness you see the depression you see the despair dude I don't care what you think is real or not real I will tell you because I've been there and I've done that it is dark without Jesus in the room man It is hopeless without the hope of God in the room. And we are powerless in the face of persecution without the Holy Spirit within us. And Satan's best weapon in the war that we're in is he keeps us out of using our greatest offense, which is praise to the one who deserves it. And I don't know about you, but I came today to remind myself, and I hope I'm reminding you, that we serve a faithful God who watches over his word to perform it perfectly. He ain't walking out when everybody else Walks out, he's still there. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. One day, every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna profess Jesus Christ as Lord. So, you know what that helps me to do? It helps me to tell anyone at any time, at any place, there is a dude way bigger than you, and his name is Jesus. There is a power greater than you, and his name is Jesus. I love when God flips the script. And for many of you right now, if we could just close our eyes and let the Holy Spirit echo words from the word in our heart before we get ready to praise. For many of you right now, God wants to flip the script. In your mind, you're still a soul. You're still all the bad things. You're still the the things of yesterday and the day before, and you're still all those wrong decisions and the sum total of all of your mistakes. But then God in Christ wants to tell you today break up with Saul. I've given you a new name. You have a new name, you have a new heart, you can have a new mind. Don't be conformed to everything you think you know. That is pride. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind in this instant. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak new life. Over every soul in this room, over every soul that will watch online, I speak new levels of forgiveness, new levels of grace, new levels of mercy. I speak in an emboldening and empowering into all who welcome and want that. And God, I speak healing. I speak healing in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak comfort. I speak peace. I speak blessings and not cursings. God, I speak and we speak only because you've given us the breath of life to be able to do it. May we use every ounce of our breath within our lungs to praise and magnify your name. And may today be a day where we stop looking over our shoulders, we stop looking in the rearview mirror, and we start looking forward to the new beginning, the new life, the new mind, the new heart, the new forgiveness, the new mercy, the new grace. The new is better. Your word tells us that the old is gone and the new has come to soak in that truth, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, and to go out of here with that victorious boldness deep within us. And it's in Jesus' name, precious, powerful, and mighty name, we pray. Everybody said, who's forgiven? I am. Who's loved? Let his mercy wash over your soul. Let his grace give you and let the words of your mouth declare the words that are on the screen and let's all lift up our souls to heaven and fill this whole community with the force they don't even know what hit them in the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys. Oh, you want me to sing with this mic now? Okay. Where we at? Who let the dogs out? Nope.